welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Uh, this week, sitting in, filling in uh, for Nick Sears, who uh, had something come up, not able to make it tonight, which is unfortunate, <clears throat> because tonight uh, is the Canadian invasion of Simply Stogies podcast, where we have none other uh, than the gentleman behind Peter James Brand. We've got John Peter Lorendi. John Lorendi, welcome back to the program, my friend. Thank you, James. Been uh, always great talking to you, brother. Dude, uh, it, it is always great talking to you. I saw you at the trade show. This is your second time on the show. I can't wait to talk about all the stuff you got coming up because uh, this comes out November 15th and on November 1st, like you've got big announcements. We're going to get to that. But before we do, John, uh, Adrian Mar- Maraj, uh, is that right? Did I slaughter that, Adrian? Yeah, you see, I slaughtered it. I, I, absolutely. I, I, ignorant American. I, I, I can't. No, it's fine. It's fine. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Um, this is your first time. Is this your first podcast you've ever done, Adrian? No, no. I, I've done some for uh, in the other industry that I work in. Gotcha. Okay. So the, the, you're no stranger to the podcast uh, game then. Good, 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 good. So we're going to talk about everything Peter James. We're going to talk about uh, the industry. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But, um, John, it's been, we'll start with you because uh, you're uh, the, the uh, veteran here of the show. It's been well over a year and a half since we've had you on. How have you been, sir? Ooh, that's a loaded question. I mean, ultimately, I'm smiling. I'm vertical. You know, I'm resilient, so that's good. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's... A lot has happened in 18 months, in two years. Uh, where do you want me to begin? That's a that's a toughie. You know, it, it is a toughie, and I'm going to light my cigar that I'm I, I'm using uh, your your brand new lighter, the Peter James uh, right. lighter, which I'm going to do a review on this because this is literally, and I I'm not just saying this to blow smoke because you're on the show. Because if I didn't use it, I'd be like, I don't use your lighter at all. Uh, I use it every day. This is my everyday lighter and I absolutely love it. So let's, while I'm doing that. Yeah. Like like the new, um, the new thing with the Peter James, the new hotness, if you will, is Adrian. Um, And I'm sure the the folks out there who are familiar with Peter James and and your products and your line want to know who Adrian is. Who is Adrian? We have to cue the, hold on, we got to cue the drum roll on this one. I don't know. Is that is that is that a question to me or you asking to John? By the oh, way, no one's called, no one's called me hot before, James. So thanks for, for saying that. I'm the new hot thing. You're very um, well. You are the new hotness of, of Peter James. But I really <laughs> want to embarrass the hell out of you, Adrian. So let's oh, let, oh. let's let John. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I, I hope I don't butcher this one because I might get some flack. Adrian is literally the angel that came to me when I called out to. Him. I, uh, I'll give you an example. Crazy how the universe works. Literally, you know, after I took said, full possession of Peter James in 2020, um, that kind of took, I would say, a toll from a challenge perspective, just because, you know, having a partner previously meant, you know, the division of, of workload. Uh, we played to each other's strengths, and my strength is creative it's manufacturing it's quality control it's all the things that i love and when i had to bring upon all the other work 
that a business requires, the sales, the inventory, you know, the customer service, the all everything, all the operations of the business plus the creative came to a point where I almost I think I cried at my desk. I was just so overloaded. I had no bandwidth, like none. And I'm just like, like for the love of God, somebody please bring me a business partner who has passion and who has business acumen coming out of their yin yang, but more so has the character um, to be a great person and great for the brand. Shit you not, four months later, there he is. Just, just like that, popped up. Yeah. I swear to God, <laughs> you're the answer to his prayers, Adrian. Oh God, I have, I have a lot, of, a lot of prayers to fill. Let me just say, because this likes this guy likes to dream, which is what I love. It's all, it's awesome. Uh, he's got so many ideas. Uh, it's just been a privilege just to to um, work with him for the last several months. And you know the the, the Irony of this is he doesn't know this. The irony of this is like what was it thirteen years ago? Thirteen years ago, or so when he launched uh, Peter James, the first case, we were—I won't date ourselves—but we were in San Francisco uh, celebrating one of our friends, mutual friends. Is how we know each other actually. Uh, big birthday, and you know he's he's showing me this case, and he's showing me that hey, I got it on Instagram, and then I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, what? And then he started telling me like how it started to sell and how it started to manufacture. And then like a month later, this like prototype messenger bag shows up in my house and like amazing quality. And so I start telling a couple of years go by and he's, you know, generating sales, he's growing. It's him and you know himself essentially. I start telling people that I work with initially, I'm like, look at this guy out of nowhere, just started a business on, you know, Instagram essentially and blew up and I've been his biggest fan and I tell him, you know, stories about John over the last like 13 years and he didn't even know that. Um, and so when we started talking about, Hey, let's like, let's get serious about this as a partnership. It was kind of um, obvious organic. So let's, let, let's talk about the partnership uh, just real quick because John, sure. y- you had obviously another business partner. We talked about this the, the last time you were on, uh, you know, Peter James and where that came from. Um, my, my, my question, I, I guess, John is what, what kind of impact, uh, did, did your original business partner, partner walking away have on you and, and what steps did you take from that, uh, to get to where you're at now with, with bringing Adrian on board and having somebody else, um, to fill that role? Because this is, people always see the end product. And they see everything that you put out, John, as far as what you want your brand to be known for, right? And they see you in the suits and the ties, and they see you looking dapper and GQ. And that's not that's not really the full story. And so the end product is not the full story of what Peter James is uh, or who John Lorendi is or even who Adrian is. So, so tell me how that impacted you when he, when he kind of walked away and like what you had to do to keep the business going. Uh, and then like how you got to, I need, I need a prayer. And that prayer was answered in Adrian. Like, tell me how you got there. Okay. Um, I'll kind of take you back 
to obviously the, the, I would say 2019 when the pandemic was say full force, um, you know, I got a phone call from him and my previous business partner. And I mean, at the, at the root of it, I won't get too into the intimate details, but at the very root of it, he just, you know, he lost kind of his passion for the business. Um, you know, I love him, but the reality is the truth is simple. You know, for me, this industry isn't a passion or a hobby. It's like, it's my life. So I'm going to be in it one way or another, whether it's as an enthusiast or I'm in the business. Um, he didn't feel that same way for him. It was a hobby that something that he can drop and he didn't, you know, have that same sort of emotion towards it. And at that time he wanted to sell. And for me, that was the hardest thing. I had no, I had no desire. I, it was like somebody was telling me to sell my firstborn. Now, this isn't the first company I've ever had. I mean, I've, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 16 years old. I've owned four businesses, sold one at the age of 21. Um, so this is sort of something that I'm used to. However, it was a little bit different because this was business, but it was also my love. I knew I couldn't, I just didn't have, I didn't have it in me to sell, you know, even to make a few bucks. It was not ever something that I think I would have ever done. And so it was for me at that time, it was the perfect storm. I had just become a father. My son was, you know, a year old. My wife was expecting my second son. We're in a pandemic on lockdown. I literally have probably our biggest inventory buy of our entire business tenure, money locked up. And my business partner wants to sell and I say no, and he wants out. And so I had no choice. I, I sat my wife down. I said, this is where, this is where, this is where we are in life. Um, I said, if you want to go along with the ride with me, I promise you, I won't fail just because I love it too much. And she said, okay. So, you know, we did what I think any, I did what any person would have done. And I just put everything on the line. I leveraged my home. Um, I stole my car, my dream car. Uh, you know, I, I did whatever I had to do. And at that time, I didn't realize what that actually meant until the transition occurred. And, you know, I turned my, my family's basement into literally a warehouse fulfillment, customer service center. <laughs> And I'll never forget it. My wife at first, she was like, well, this is so cool. I get to see how everything operates because it's in my house. Until, you know, she walks downstairs and it's literally <laughs> walls of shelving full of packaging product, a table. People started coming, walking in the house from the side door so they could, you know, go in the basement and work. And she's like, okay, look you got to leave the novelty wore off get out yeah she's like you got to find <laughs> go find a place um you got to leave uh, i think you're growing anyway so you know i'm sure you'll make it work and and so that was the next step in 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 our business was finding a new facility which we did um again at that point though you know one person being the i mean I, i'm not a big fan of headlines or, or not headlines um name tags, whatever you want to call them. 
but I, I was, I guess you could say I was COO, CFO, CEO, product designer, customer care, supervisor. Like I was just kind of everything. And that was really, really, really weighing me down. It was sucking the energy right out of me. Not that I, I didn't want to do that for everybody, but it's just not, you know, you realize at a point in life, there's things that you really love and things that you're good at. And that's where you want to live because that brings you happiness and it just brings up your energy, lifts your spirits. Plus you absolutely kill it when it's something that you love and, and it's something that you're really committed to. So, you know, I hired a couple of guys at Peter James, ops manager, a killer marketing guy, killer media guy. Um, and we just started rolling and I'm, I'm sure you guys, like everybody kind of saw, wow, this is really picking up steam. They're putting out great content. They're making great product. But at that time, you know, I was just so focused on kind of being a people pleaser. I just wanted to please all my customers. I wanted to give them everything. And that's just who I am. You know, if somebody says to me, you know, John, I'd love to see something like this, maybe in a bag or I take that to heart because I truly get fascinated by the challenge. Um, that's how the black label case was born was a challenge through Rob. You know, Rob, I know Rob. Okay. <laughs> Challenged me. And, and that's how it happened. So, you know, I was just so focused on everyone else. I forgot to focus on what my goal for the company was. And that kind of put me in like a really awkward position where I was just, you know, running out of bandwidth and I wasn't focusing on the things that I love. So oddly enough, you know, Adrian and I met in Kentucky for our 40th birthday. And I'm aging us, Adrian. I met, uh, we met at Kentucky. This is my 40th and, and I'm a 40. <laughs> and I said, uh, I started talking, we just started talking, you know, you're having a few bourbons, you're touring. And I explained to him kind of all the pain points I was going through. And, you know, he's like, look, I'll help you in any way I can. And so I said, look, you know, I'm, this is where my strengths lie from an op standpoint, a business standpoint. So he offered to, you know, no charge, just give me consulting once, once every couple of weeks. And that consulting turned into something more. And then I guess that piqued his interest. He came to PCA and I think that's where he fell in love. Then you got to ask him that one. Did you fall in love Adrian at PCA? I did. I did. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's so many, uh, there's so many things I want to interject there in on, but you know, part, part of that story was like, you know, in, we can talk about my, my experience, largely my experience and my professional experiences has not necessarily been on a, on a D to C, uh, brand, so to speak, or, a commodity good or et cetera. Bulk of my experience is based, based on like helping small businesses grow ironically and, and through technology and um, we can get to that later. But one of the things that, you know, uh, one of the patterns and I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs over the last 20 years uh, out here in California, uh, particularly in technology, but one of the patterns you see in successful people is they find value in unexpected places, right? And they think about a problem, they think about how to solve it, and they're relentless about it. And they're relentless about figuring out what's ticking, what, what's not working, what could be done better, why is this value? And that's John. 
you know, literally, like, as you said earlier about, you know, people throwing stuff at him and he wants to, you know, essentially solve it. Um, and he does it so well um, that he's able to create what I would say is his masterpiece, first of his kind, right, 13 years ago with uh, the leather humidors to what it's evolved today to a, a brand recognition. So there's a couple of things that I fell in love with is one is being able to like, it's one thing to, you know, see your friend at the time be successful on his own right by himself, self-made and, and find just natural inspiration from that daily. Just, just pulling on that energy is one thing. Then to go to PCA and then see that um, continuously validated, you know, and it sounds like, you know, we're two guys just talking our own smoke. We're not like I was, I showed him, he actually said, Hey, before you jump in, come to PCA, see what it's about. See if you like this. I'm like, all right, cool. So went there and I tell you, James, like we were there for I was three, four days every day, at least five, six people unsolicited would come up and say, Peter James, who are you? Oh, I'm Adrian. Okay. Uh, by the way, here, this case I bought 10 years ago, this case I bought six years ago, this case I bought here, you know, I bought five from you the, like six months ago. I need more. And over time, you, what I said earlier about people who just focused on, on a problem or providing value, um, it just hit home. Like what, what John was able to, Peter John was able to build, um, it's remarkable. And I think I fell in love with one, two things. Like that that exclusivity of craftsmanship that he's been able to maintain is very hard to do. And secondly, um, the people in the industry, yeah. right? There was a sense of uh, um, camaraderie, um, mutual respect, um, I, I, I'm going to say this word very purposefully, diversity. And I, and I don't mean in this like woke shit era. I'm talking seriously about all walks of life, all parts of the world, different languages spoken, and this common bond uh, around um, quality and genuine care about getting to know who I was. People ask me, hey, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What are you doing? Like it was, it was a real conversation. It's been a long time since I've worked in an environment um, that was that natural. Um, and so that's what I, you know, felt in love with. No, I, I would agree. I think, I think John has done a great job of uh, really uh, building the brand around quality. And I, I said the last time he was on, when you think luxury, when you think high end, when you think classy, uh, you think Peter James, when you're, when you're talking about cigars, you, that, that's what, that's what was built. And I, I want to go back to something you said, John, uh, pretty early on when you said, you know, I did what anybody else would do. I mortgaged my house. I sold my dream car and I, and I, and I stayed in this business. That is like, not, not to put too fine a point on this, but I personally know folks who were faced with that, that same decision you were and went, yep, yep, give it a good shot. Go back to my day job. Like, not going to follow the dream. I got, I got a family I got to provide for. I got to do this. I got to do that and make every excuse in the world to not do what you did when your original partner was like, Hey, I want, I kind of need to sell. You did what you had to do to keep that dream alive. I want to know from a 
business perspective, like where do you find that drive? Because that's not an easy thing to do to have those conversations and go, okay, if I want to keep this alive, I have to take a mortgage out of my house, a second mortgage. I have this car that I have worked for. This is my dream car. I've dreamt about it my whole life. This is what I want. I have achieved it. I have attained it. But in order for me to continue on doing what I love, I have to sell it. A lot of folks would have been like, mm, how do I keep it? How do I keep that? How do I keep the the, the bills from, from piling up? How do I keep from having a you know, second mortgage in my house? What drives you, John, to do that? You know, I think the best way to, to say this is in a, in a story. And again, it comes from the woman, my wife, who practically was the idea behind the company. <laughs> um, oftentimes, you know, it's for me, you know, the cigar, having a conversation, I'm at my best. Like, I love it. I just love talking to people. And I remember vividly, we were having a conversation <clears throat> with a group of people who were talking about normal, what's normal. And you know, what's weird versus normal and what's a normal. And, and anyways, I'm just sitting in the conversation. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a normal person. And my wife's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, honey. And she said this very nicely. She goes, you're anything but normal. And I'm like, and I got offended. I seriously was offended. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm normal. I'm a normal guy. You know, I'm a family man. I'm She's like, well, you decided to spend the better years of your youth and adulthood standing in front of a hundred mile an hour slap shots and loving it. That's not normal. No, no. So I think it's just in me. I don't, I don't, it's just how I was. I mean, I fought for my life to be here. I was three months premature. I fought, I took every inch every freaking second I could from in life in sports. Um, I played a lot of competitive sports, some semi-pro and a lot of that goes back to, I mean, I stand now at five foot 10, but up until the age of 19, I was five foot five, five foot four, five foot five. And I was almost going to be semi-pro goalie. And a lot of teams were waiting for me to my growth spurt because I just couldn't, fathom bringing on a goaltender that is head barely uh, past the crossbar. Right. You know, yet we're in trials for, you know, junior clubs. And I was literally the only goalie that I hadn't let in a puck an entire trial. We're facing hundreds of shots. Not one got past me. Like that doesn't happen. If I was a six foot four goalie in a trial, not letting a puck, I, you know, there's, there's eyeballs. So I've always had to overcome that. I guess, that 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 just extra drive I needed because I needed to prove people that didn't matter how tall I was. The 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 goal of the ultimate goal was don't let the puck go by you. I did that time and time again, you know. But, but nobody there's a, cared. But there's a difference, so, John, isn't there? Between and not to interrupt you, but but because yeah. athletes at, at every level, but especially at the pro, semi pro. Um, you know, college level here in, in, in the U.S. I'm not sure what college sports looks like in Canada. You guys have college sports? It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> there, there's a switch that athletes flip, and they go into that zone. They go into that mode, right? And you know, you when Jordan had the tongue out back in the '90s, you know, you yeah. knew you knew you were in trouble. 
there's a difference between having that that switch and that kind of like I can turn this on and be super competitive and just go at it. And then in the business world going, I'm going to take a huge fucking risk, which is essentially yeah. what you did. It is a it, it, there's a big difference. And, and you had the added complication of having to sit down with your wife and look her in the eye and go, if I want to do this, this is here's the plan. I've thought it out. Like we're going to put a second mortgage on the house. I'm selling my dream car. And I'm going to do this all by myself. There's a, it's a, it's not a flip, a switch that you flip. That is a, that's a level of drive and a level of uh, give a shit that a lot of people just don't have. And it, it's one thing to want to succeed. And then once you're in that position, you, you do everything you can. You're always working hard, but to be in a position where you are either going to lose everything or you're going to lose everything, which is what you were in, right? Because your partner was like, "Hey, I want to sell." If you don't, if you don't keep it, and you don't, you don't do that second mortgage, you don't sell your car, you don't do all these things, you don't convince your wife to get on board with this. There's no Peter James today, right? Correct. Okay. So what is that? It, it I mean, not to, but I want to, I want to really kind of dig deep here because it's not just I've overcome adversity my whole life because you have. And it's not a uh, a desire, a competitive spirit. Like this is livelihood. This is fighting for your life, essentially. Because you could you could have easily lost it all. Yeah, I mean, I still could. I'm risking it all again and moving to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about. We'll talk about. But in, in, in 2019, um, 2020, when this happened, like okay, what? So, look. You know, I'm sure we all have, we have all seen our parents. It was a different time, different generation. I saw my dad. I hardly saw my dad. You know, he had three kids. He was an immigrant. He was work, 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 traveling, traveling for work. He did whatever work would tell him to do because he was just trying to provide for his family. Yeah. And, you know, the better part of my life, I would, I had my own, like I had my own businesses. So I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I never understood that model. And so, um, I always said to myself, if I got the chance, I wouldn't fall into that trap that my parents fall into, or I wouldn't do something just for the sake of putting food on the table or shelter, you know, over, over all of us. I wanted to do something that would genuinely bring me joy. And then when I had kids, that just changed the landscape for me altogether. Because I said, now I have to show these two young men what it means to live. And I don't mean to survive. I mean, to live, to right. thrive. And if I can't do it for myself, how they, how do I expect them to follow me? So I think knowing that with that switch you talk about, cause I did have to turn on that switch and say, Hey, look, hon, she, she calls it, she goes like this. Cause I get tunnel vision. Yeah. She goes, Am I going to see you for like, can you at least turn it off for a while? I'm like, don't worry. Well, you know, you'll see me for sure. But yeah, you get into that zone and I, you commit. I think ultimately when you talk about people not having that drive, man, the drive comes from two things, purpose and intention. If you don't have purpose in life, you're not going to have drive. If you don't do things with intention, that purpose is meaningless. And I have these conversations with our guys at the club all the time. Um, and, and it's the yin and yang. You need both. Like for instance, as an example, I look at myself, my purpose on this planet is to be a provider and protector. Those are the two things I have to do. I know I can control. 
So what does it mean to be a provider? Well, it means I want to do something that brings me ultimately joy so that when I go home, my I can translate that energy to my kids. And they can see how happy I am doing what I love. And then eventually when they come of age, they can pursue their dreams and crush it. The second thing is intention. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to fucking kill it. And by kill it, meaning I'm going to put everything I have into every little detail because every detail matters. That's the intention part. And, and it's either... Sometimes people are a little foggy on their purpose and they'll get their purpose, but they'll be lazy on their intention. Or maybe they'll put false um, ideas ahead of that intention versus their sole purpose of doing it. So I think it was just for me at that time, it was a culmination of so many things. It was like the perfect storm. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm all in, I'm, I'm, I'm push, the, push, the, push the stack. Let's do it, let's dance, I'm ready. That's a, that's a big leap. That's a big leap. And, and kudos to you for taking it. I don't know. I just being honest here, John, I don't know if I have the balls to do that. If push ever came to shove, I don't know if I have the balls to flip that switch and go, we're getting a second mortgage on the house. Cause I could just see my, my wife's eyes right now. Just go, what the fuck are you talking about? Second mortgage on the house. Like, I don't know if we want to do that. Like, I could, I mean, yeah, You got to have a plan. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't just like, I'm going to take a mortgage and figure it out. Yeah, no, you got to I'm not doing a fucking plan, John. Jesus, plan. Fucking, (laughs) he has a plan anymore. Damn, we had a pandemic. There are no more plans. Adrian, Adrian, like, so you come on board and you've, you've obviously, you've known John for, for a minute. Yeah. Um, You come on board, you know, all this about him, you know, where they were at, you know, where they're at, you know, what he's gone through to kind of get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you bring, uh, a, like you said, a lot of experience, but your experience is, is growing small business through technology. Talk a little bit about it, your experience. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when John was like, come on board, let's do this. Like come to the PCA, like yeah. in your head, were you like, man, I, I think that's a lot. Or were you like, no, I think I, think I want to do this. Oh no. Uh, yeah, I can talk about both. Too. So like on, on the experience front, like, I mentioned one of the platforms he, in his early days, he built the company essentially on. Um, I worked for several of those tech companies in the past uh, and still do actually. And um, a lot of my work there is to help integrations with other platforms that small businesses use to run their business. So whether you're, we use, you know, um, a tax software, right? Well, how do small businesses use taxes? How do they think about POs, how they think, like all that stuff on the back end, I used to work on. And so when you're, what's interesting about that is when you start to really understand the challenges small business faces, like and you start to think about the technologies they use, you start to understand just a lot about small businesses, right? And I'm not calling us a small business. I'm saying any, I saw, I saw hundreds of them actually at PCA. You know, even some of these uh, larger cigar brands or mid-tier, they're, they're, they're considered, they're not enterprise, right? They're, you know, other than the big five, six, but most of them are, I would, by, by any order of magnitude of a number of employees or total revenue around, uh, in the U.S. anyway, they're not considered enterprise, you know, let's call it businesses. And so um, I, I've just always been passionate about helping little guys in zero to one. And, and before that, I worked and help build three startups, you know, two failed, um, like John, 
um, in technology, I, I've uh, struggled, uh, quit my job, lucrative job to make uh, 30% of a salary, you know, sleeping on floors in San Francisco, I've done it. And I know how hard it is, but it comes down to that same purpose and drive that John was talking about, which is like, what's my why and what do I want? And for me, just to answer that really quickly, and I think John, it comes from John also, both of our parents were, were you know, in Canada, it's 75% of the population are first generation. Um, and so if you think about that, majority of the com- country is based on idea. You grew up with people that came from somewhere else um, and largely didn't have much. And so uh, while we were very privileged and fortunate to live in a beautiful country, um, it wasn't like you know, Christmas trees were always full at the end of the year, right? There, there was the hard times, I think, for, for both of our backgrounds. And you grew up in that environment very humble and appreciative of what was given to you and you never take it for granted. And so there's this insatiable drive that fuels me to this day is it quote successful as I am, like it's not enough. And it's not because I want to buy things. It's because people I love aren't taken care of um, fully. Right. Uh, or, or I want to give back to people that help me in the world. Um, and I want to provide for my family so they don't have to struggle the way I did uh, or John did, you know, when we were younger. On the um, on the PCA, when he was the second question around, um, you know, how did I feel about it coming on? It, it it wasn't there was nothing scary about it. It was more of just trying to understand could I add value? Um, I'm really really focused on value exchange. Like I don't take calls unless I know I can give something back to someone on that call. Most people want to talk to me, and I'm like, unless I can actually say something of meaningful value, I'm not going to waste your time. And that's what I kept pushing him on, right? I, if you ask him, I was like, look, I don't know this industry. I know how to scale businesses. I know how to run businesses. I know to look at, you know, certain different things of how we can build brands, et cetera. But I don't know cigars today. I'll learn it. And I'll learn it quickly. Um, and um, he was comfortable with that. And what I saw there was at PCA, I was like, wow, there's a massive opportunity. I saw that there's a, you know, thousands of brands, thousands of people. Um, but I think there's still an opening. And I think there's a, you know, when it comes down to what I think we can create and what we are in the middle of building, I do think that we'll continue to stand above, right? I mean, you know, most people, if, 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 I think it was Peter Thiel that said, it, he's a co-founder of PayPal. Um, he said, you know, most people um, can build a product, but most people can't escape the, the competition. Yeah, I don't think there's competition with Peter James I on our quality, on our craftsmanship, on our vision, and our ability to execute, frankly, on an idea quickly without sacrificing quality. And um, I, I just I saw that, and once I saw that at PCA, and I saw, and this is not to talk ill about anybody else, I just saw that there's so many things we could do um, that we just need to make time for, I felt really you know, a lot of conviction about making our mark. Um, and uh, it's going to take us some time, but uh, the only thing that's going to stop us is ourselves. Yeah. No, you, and, and, you know, I joke about not having a plan, but, uh, you know, because fuck, <laughs> fuck plans, but you really do need a plan. And you guys have a plan yeah. and, and your and work in the plan. Um, yeah. You know, John, let me let me go back to you quickly. You've gone from you've gone from cases 
to cigars and now into lighters. What else do you have up your sleeve, man? Like, what else is Peter James gonna 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 do? Like, are we gonna see cutters? Are we gonna see uh, what else are we gonna see? Just tell me. Like, I, I, I have you answer, John. Please just be mindful. Please be mindful because I, James, that's a loaded question. Let me I just have, tell you. Like, I you got ask it, idea. Like, what do you got? I mean, you could, if you ask, if you ask to see, you, you got. I look here. I give. I'll just give you an example. I we. He's teaching me how to use Google Docs because that's not my thing. Um, so instead of just exchanging Excel spreadsheets back and forth via email, he, he, we set up a Google Doc. Right. And I have a list of things oh that I God. want to tap. A list, a massive list. And he just politely puts them in P0, P1, P2, P3, P4. I don't know what the P's mean. I think phase. But I know what he's Phase phase zero, phase one, phase two. Phase priority one in is priority zero means like we go. code is broken, this website's down. P one is like, all right, this is our next priority. P four is like maybe never. <laughs> so like, like that's so, how you build you build technologies. Like order operations, you build a stack. And so so, so I, politely, I politely said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're the you're the dream zero. killer. You're the dream killer in this scenario. You're the guy. Or, uh, yes, yes, you could say that. Or um, I will be the one that will focus to scale. Yes, which makes more sense. That, that's a polite way of saying dream killer. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that this is this is the cool thing about this, Peter James, and I, and you know, people listening to this or other brands, where I will say this politely, I feel sorry that they don't have a John Peter Lorendi, because the hardest part. Of small businesses or entrepreneurship or big technology or big brands is coming up with really cool novel ideas, making them into production and ideation and creation is like the hardest thing to do. We don't have that problem. <laughs> and so, no, no, I, you know, yeah, obviously it, it's, it originates with the birth, the concept of, of, of this idea of this thing that you want to put forth. Right. And then once that's done, like that's like, that's when the work really begins though, right? Because there's a lot of marketing that goes into it. How are yeah. you going to market it? Who's who's what demographic are you going after? And when you're talking about the cigar industry, uh, speaking as one, fat old white guys are like your number one fucking like that's who you want to go. I could say it because I'm one. Like deal with it. Um but that's I typically that's who you go after. But like you said earlier, Adrian, like you guys are very uh, the, the industry is very diverse and there's a lot of mm-hmm. diversity there. And so you, you really do want to kind of attack it from a multi angle thing and not just go after the old fat white guy. That's obviously got disposable income because he's old fat and white. Um, well, yeah, I, I won't go further than that. Cause I think it's, it's a huge market and I agree with you. That's the short I'll say. You, and I think that there's an opportunity for us to not even chisel away, but, but really build for that. Um, both on premium and, uh, you know, if you think about just the world economy, you forget about the U.S. for a second, like the, 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 in general, income inequality is continuing to divide. That's happening in the U.S. It's been happening the last 15 to 20 years. It's happening on a global scale. You know, the reason why inflation isn't slowing down is because people with disposable income still have disposable income yep. and they don't care. And I think there's, uh, when you think globally, there's a massive opportunity for people that want Peter James type quality and willing to spend money for that quality. So you're right. You're, you're hundred percent. We do have to market it. We do have to build a plan towards it. I cut you off, John, answering the question. <laughs> so well, you yeah, can buy I, some- 
Yeah, I want to go. I want to go back to John now because I want to know I what got, dreams Adrian's going to kill. Like, do, like, so I can yell at Adrian when it doesn't come to fruition. I thought like, I, I got away with this one. No, no. <laughs> you know, I could tell. I could tell. I could tell you this because I mean, I could. I could. We could post a laundry list, and I think that'd be a fun post one day just to show people where my mind is at. Uh, it'd probably have to be a scrolling video, but uh, <laughs> you know, Adrian. Adrian has a way of. Um, of handling my crazy, of funneling my crazy politely, but directly, which I enjoy because I'm not really big on, um, I like the truth is simple. I like it to be simple. I don't like to complicate it. So I, I, I respect him for that and I admire him for doing that for me. Um, but ultimately, whatever it is we do next, you know, call the last three years trial and error. Maybe it was a mistaken identity at some points, just trying to be everything to everybody. But it's it's no secret for me who who we are. I am proud to be who I am, and I'm proud to make the products that I want to make. And unfortunately, it, I can't be everything to everybody. I want to give you a Canadian apology for that, <laughs> but in my heart, I know that I am at my best, and we produce the best because of it together. When we're doing it to fulfill our vision, which is ultra premium it's absolute value um you know i can i make a, a, a product a quarter of the cost sure i wouldn't use it right so why do i want to sell it and i and i that's that's the aha moment for me if i'm not walking around you know with a product that i'm not standing behind then it's 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 nonsense it's i I've so lost my purpose for people. So forgive me, but it, it sounds a little bit like you are planning to maybe, how do I word this? Focus on more thing uh, on, on fewer things. And instead of growing this portfolio, cause you started with the leather cases and the leather goods and the furniture. And now you've kind of gone to yeah, we got into cigars, fragrances, aromatic yeah. Yeah, coffee, so Look, the, the whole vision for the ecosystem to create amazing um, experiences for for people like us who enjoy cigars that 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 is, hasn't changed. I think the difference is now we're a little more mindful and tactical of how and what we produce. Um, you know, now that Adrian and I have the dynamic and the support, and we can support each other, uh, it gives us a lot more clarity. Um, for instance, the coach that I'm sitting on, which you will see at PCA. Um, you know, it's light years from the first product that we released back in 2018 or 2019, um, just completely making things that I know when you open it, you will absolutely love. That's the whole point. I mean, when we made the, the first product, anything else that we've made, it's, I just want to give people that bit of joy, whether it's through a cigar, a, a, a an accessory to carry the cigar or the couch that they're sitting on, that's the sofa or the, the, the chair that they're sitting on or the way that room smells when they walk in. You just want to create these moments of pleasure because these little moments of pleasure throughout a day will just make that day feel like it was the best day of your life. And that's how every day should feel. But it's how do we do that? How do we create those moments? And, you know, you mentioned lighter cutter. Like this was our first attempt at a lighter we're currently exploring how do we how do we how do we how do we make it better? How do we get better? How do we up the game? How do we you know partner with the best manufacturers to make incredible products that are different? 
you know, I don't want to make another product that's already out there or something similar, completely innovative, something completely different. Um, but the but best value, durability, longevity, uh, materials are important. And the same thing with the cutter. And, you know, the more we put that out there, it's oddly enough that the relationships start coming and you start meeting people who, you know, have shops and manufacturing facilities in the U.S. And, you know, you just... I'm not going to go too far into it, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some fun stuff coming. I think I'm going to say like Adrian's going to probably kick me in the ass for it, but that's fine. Um, their PCA 2024 is, is going to be lights out lights out. Really? I promise you. What do you uh, give, give me a teaser? Give me something lights out. How? Well, you're going to want to stop by the booth. I, I, you know, if I'd be surprised if people weren't saying on the second day, you have to go, you have to go see Peter James. I know it's just, it's a, it's Peter James. They're small, but you got to go. You got to go check it out. Wow. All right. Because bro. we're coming, we're coming with, with bringing the heat. You no, know, it's just everything we love. And some of the things that maybe weren't ready last year or, you know, just we weren't in the right state to, to bring, um, you know, I love coming to the show, but again, to Adrian's point, I want to bring value to the show. I want to bring value to the people, to the consumers, to their partners. Um, but I also even love talking to people. I mean, there's a few people at the show and even at inner tobacco and you just start having conversations and you know, which ones they are. And you generally just start talking design. You start talking about innovation and then you just start having a cocktail and a cigar. And next thing you know, you're drawing on a notepad and things come and it's great. That's what I love. I always, I told you, I told you at PCA, I said, just put me in the back room. I don't want to be on camera. You, I love you guys, but that's not did. my thing. You did. I want Adrian's way, way better looking than I am. He's more charismatic he could be on the camera. I just, I want to create. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's what I love, which is, you know, even this opportunity to, to, to rebrand the company came kind of unexpectedly, but with welcome. Let's, because let's, what let's, I have, yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into this, this, this rebranding of the company. Cause you, you, you kind of hinted at that earlier and this is, I think it's a good segue and you were segueing into it yourself, but this is a time of uh, anytime you rebrand, and I'm sure Adrian can speak to this far more eloquently and knowledgeably than I could. But anytime you re rebrand, it is a sort of upheaval uh, with the business because everything that you have done up to this point doesn't, it's not that it all gets thrown out, <clears throat> but marketing wise, it kind of all gets thrown out. And you have to, you're kind of starting over from, from, from square one marketing wise, like not so much design of your products or that but you were already doing all these things that you're talking about like hey you're, you got to come to the to the to the show at 24 and you got to see the booth because the booth's going to be fire people are going to be talking about it so you're, you're setting this up and these are obviously things that you you know machinations you've had in the works for for a while but now you throw in a rebrand and that just adds another layer of complexity adversity whatever you want to say talk about talk about the rebrand john uh, it had to hurt, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know what? It hurt the most because it came at my lowest point. This was the point. Uh, and I mentioned, I put it out in there, like send me a business partner that can, you know, that was, you know, part of that was the culmination of everything that was going on, plus, you know, the C and D. And of course, you know, I mean, it's natural. I have so much emotion and love for my brand to feel mixed emotions and to feel frustration and, you know, all those things. Um, 
But ultimately, you know, Adrian, Mr. Adrian, the charismatic, has a way with words and a way of calming down. He, he said it very elegantly. He said, look, Peter James isn't the symbol. Peter James is the name, and it's the value that you've driven for the past 12 years. So I get it. It hurts. But put your pet, pull up your pants and get back, get to work and make it even better. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. How many times say, a day do you have to do that, Adrian? Do you have to be like, you look at John and go, look. That's why I live on the other side of the coast in a different country because I don't want to see it. But um, <laughs> yeah, too many times. No, no. The, uh, it, not often at all. Actually, what's, what's cool, he's probably going to go there, is that over the last two months, ironically, what um, admittedly was frustrating because it happened – I think him and I shook hands at PCA over some really nice scotch. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's this thing we got to figure out. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and Wait, that, I wasn't, think- that wasn't part of his sales pitch? Like, hey, yeah, you have a lot of small business experience. I want you yeah. to come on. It's going to be great. I think you'll be able to help it, us. We'll really focus it. And you're like, it yes, absolutely. And he's yeah. like, oh, by the way, thanks for saying yes. Sign here. As you're signing. Yeah, I think you mentioned it somewhere when we were on a bourbon tour in Kentucky like four months earlier, but i that's my fault for not reading this small print. No, no, I kid. But I, I think actually the last two months has been, and I, you know, I actually going to gloat a little bit for our, our competition. It's been super exciting. It's been so fun to think about this brand that we're going to come out with, you know, sooner and then at PCA. Like if you think the creative... Once we got to the place it was like putting his creative power to that, it just opened up, I mean, this vault of ideas, right? And so, you know, for me, like learning like, the failures that I've had, and I have a lot more failures than probably successes, is you got to forget your limits. You got to forget your doubts. You got to forget your pain, forget your past, and think forward. Um, if we think about what we've done, it's usually, or what we can do, it's usually predicated on what we've done in the past. And that's like the biggest blocker for people who don't know how to build, you know, 10X. You have to be able to believe you can do it. Otherwise, you're just going to be focused on your limit. And I, I really believe that. And I think like on the rebrand with this, you know, brainstorming that we've had, we've also had a come to Jesus moment to understand for a moment, like, you know what, like, we're going to be okay building for what we want to build for. I think the challenge we had early on is we wanted to build for everybody. We wanted to build for the masses because we were like coming from a problem statement. Like, Hey, everyone chat. But reality is we're not going to feel bad about being authentic selves of increased value. Right. And, and I think that that's okay. The question that like plagued me that I feel very comfortable with now is, you know, what is our intended customer not going to buy in order to make room for our product and our service? I feel 100% confident once they see what we have, once they experience our products, there's going to be a lot more people saying, you know what, for this money, I need that. I need this Peter James. I feel very comfortable with that. Right. But that's the question that, uh, that I use. Like, it's a question that I ask myself when we're pricing, when we think about markets, when we think about product design, when we think about the brand, right? What is our customer not going to buy something else but for ours? And I feel really good about that. So, uh, yeah, it hasn't been difficult at all. Long way of answering it. 
it's actually unlocked a lot more, I think, creative freedom for for both of us to think about, um, you know, entrepreneur's dilemma is how do you say no to what you built, which is paying the bills to go after the future, which is unknown. And uh, John and I are both very comfortable with risk and we all have, we, we're really strong people with a lot of conviction and, you know, for a competition, that's dangerous. It is dangerous. Uh, and that's a, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. Uh, looking at it as what are what what are my customers not going to buy, so they can buy what I'm selling, and I yeah. don't think I don't think a lot of people, at least in the cigar industry, look at it that way. The cigar industry is a very weird weird industry, as I'm sure John can attest. But let's go back, John, to the rebrand. Talk about this rebrand. What's coming up? So when this comes out, uh, the rebrand's already going to have launched. It's going to go. It's going to go live November first. Like talk about what people are going to be looking at right now. We're going to put up your 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 teaser, uh, your your trailer uh, over it. Like, what do we what do we uh, what can they look forward to? It's hard to give the full landscape of it because there's more news yet to come that will make the the entire project or unify it from a meaning standpoint. But I'll, I'll just shed some light, like sort of sort of thirty thousand feet in the air. Now, ultimately, you know, it was important for me to to have that symbol in some fast, in some way, still involved in our brand, um, where it didn't cause confusion in the marketplace. I wanted to be sure of that. I wanted to make sure we stand alone and unique. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to bring in the partnerships and synergies that we've created to culminate something even far greater than the singular of Peter James. And I think, I know, I think, I know, this logo encompasses that. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, Adrian and I going back and forth, you just, it's one of these things where you just know when it happens. You know, you go back, you go to the board, you come back, you go to the board, you come back. It's there, but it's not quite there. There's something missing. There's something here and there's something there. And, and this was going on for months. And then finally, you're like, that's it. You just feel it. You're like, that is it. That says exactly what we've been trying to achieve. And it, it has a perfect place for our future. Um, so that's what I'm excited to introduce because it still represents the first rebrand, <laughs> me in my heart, who we are right? in a larger scale with more purpose. So it's more than just choosing a logo. It is, it's choosing something that really, <clears throat> really kind of encompasses everything that you are everywhere, where Peter James has been, who John Peter Lorendi is, uh, and, and who Adrian is and, and where Peter James is going. And it's hard to get that. Uh, in a logo, but you were you were given the opportunity. And look, we you and I talked uh, full disclosure for everybody. Like you and I talked last week, John, and we kind of talked about this podcast and what it was going to be, and and wanted to do a deeper dive than like just the superficial. I don't want to say bullshit that most of us do all the time. We wanted to get a little bit deeper, but the cigar industry as a whole is um, a lot of smoke and a lot of mirrors. No pun intended. It, 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 it is smoke and mirrors and it's a lot of um, 
I don't want to say putting on airs, but it's kind of putting on airs. A lot of companies are doing that. And you're taking the opportunity now with this podcast, with this interview, with, with talking with me to kind of put that aside and, and kind of show people how the sausage is made and kind of lay everything out there. Like, this is who I am. This is where I came from. This is everything we're trying to do. And while I can't be, well, you can't be super specific uh, and come out with like, hey, this is the new products that are coming out, guys, because Adrian would literally um, <laughs> fly to where you're at and kill you. <clears throat> you are, you're really shedding a light on, it's not all, it's not all fun and games. And while this is a high-end luxury product and uh, that, that I put out and it's elegant and it's luxurious and, and these are the, what you're going after, it, <sighs> It's a it's a rough it's a rough business, and the cigar industry is notorious for sending out C and Ds like that. C and D here, you get a C and D, you get a C and D, everybody gets a C and D. Uh, it's a very litigious industry, uh, for better or worse. And I have been pretty vocal here uh, about my hatred of that. I loathe it. I absolutely loathe it because I think in most instances it is unwarranted. I understand attorneys need to, you know, justify their jobs or whatever, but a lot of it is unwarranted. Um, and I don't, I don't want you to get too specific here because, uh, you know, for legal reasons, but when you were hit with that C and D John, like what went through your head? What were you thinking? I originally just got really angry because, and, and this is just my perspective. I mean, we're all different people. We're all unique in our own right. No one sees the same thing the same way. I get it. I've just, I've been in marketing and advertising since I was 14 years old. I mean, I had owned a brand management market agency for 11 years. I, I feel like I have a good eye. I just didn't see it. I didn't see the dispute, the confusion. So I think that was what frustrated me. Yet, again, what I kind of, the dust settled and the emotions were processed. You look at it like, okay, this is happening for a reason. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's time to fight. There are times when it's time to fight. And I'm, I'm not, I don't want people to think, and this is the most people's mistake is they think kindness equals weakness. Far right. from the truth. I'm a fighter. However, sometimes you know, yeah, it you reminds me. You look for the silver lining. You take things, yeah. the, the, what the world's giving you, and you look for that as an opportunity for something. And I thought, okay, this is happening for a reason. And then I looked at it and I really looked at it. And I'm like, okay. With Adrian, obviously at that time, Adrian wasn't there. And I said, can I make this better? And at first, I said to myself, because I, we were going to alter it, just tweak it. I said, no, it's not going to be better. It's the best representation of what it is now. That's why it's our logo. Any other way is false. Yeah, It's unauthentic. So I guess that just means I have to make something even better. But better is in not better is in better looking. Better is in more intentional. Something that has purpose. Something that we could literally look at and get and, and get goosebumps. You that's used, kind of what went through my mind. You you've used yeah. those two words um, 
more, on more than one occasion, just in, in our conversation tonight <clears throat> in intention and purpose. Yes. They, those seem to be, those, those words seem to resonate more with you now than I think probably ever before. Why is that? What, what has changed for you? Is it the C and D? Was that what it was? Was it, was it mortgaging the second house? Like what, was it that changed for you where you were like, I have to have intention. I have to have purpose. I like this is what I'm going to do. And cause you kind of seem to have, you have a lot more enthusiasm. I think <laughs> than, than before like, like Adrian's laughing, but I, I remember, I remember the conversation we had last year when you first came on the podcast. Um, and it was a great conversation. Um, but you, there, there was a heaviness to you then. And there's not now there's lightness. You are very, you're more laid back. You want people to kind of see you. You want to let them behind the curtain a little bit. Like you're not like showing off your family and, and, and all those things, but you are very, everything you're doing, it has an intention. It has a purpose to it. Like what, what changed John? Switch, I guess. Flip. Um, Number one, Adrian changed things dramatically so that a year and a half ago, when you're in that space of just, you know, being reactive all the time because you're trying to wear all the hats and be everything to everyone, um, you, you take that reactive approach and over time, you know, that takes a toll. You know, you lose the creativity, you lose the, the passion, not the passion, but you just lose that spark of inspiration yeah it's 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 rather draining i think um you know i'll, I, I'll use the the way I've, i treat my body as an example you know me, most people find it odd but that's fine like i i, I literally i treat my body the way it's because it's my only body the way that feels right. And that's, um, I over, like I work out seven days a week, the, what I put in my body, I manage vigorously, you know, I'm very mindful of what alcohol I put into my body and when, and if, you know, I just, all these things. And I'm like, that's intention. Why am I not living the rest of my life that way? And so I had that intention when I started the company, but when I took it over, I was flooded with, everything take a take any business and, and and remove all the key components in that business and put them on one person and see what happens it's not a fun place to be so i think for me once i got out of that and i said okay look now that i'm out of that chaos and i can focus more on what i love and what brings me joy i'm going to do it with intention i'm going to do it so that every piece of anything I design or anything that pops out of my head, if it's not 100%, if I'm not going to own it, if I wouldn't spend my hard-earned dollars on it, it's not going to, it's not going to hit the shelf. You know, it, it's, a, it's as simple as a, the stupidest thing I was, and, and I know this is a moot point, but I have uh, my wife two birthdays ago asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I like odd gifts. I don't like, I like weird gifts. <laughs> okay. And she, I asked her for a, I asked her for an electronic toothbrush because I, I'd never had one before. 
And so she got me the ele- electronic toothbrush that has a timer on it. So it, t- so it shows you how long you're brushing your teeth. Yeah. And I always had this memory when I went to the dentist and this dentist had like the most beautiful teeth I'd ever seen. And the hygienist said, you know, he brushes his teeth three times a day for three minutes at a time. And I'm like, Holy shit, that's a lot. I think I brushed my teeth for like a minute twice a day or whatever. So I had this toothbrush now that had a timer and the recommended setting was two minutes. So I'm going by the recommended setting and I'm noticing that like, I'm not really feeling good about going for two minutes. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go for three minutes, just like that dentist did. So now I do it three minutes, three times a day with intention. And I make sure, I, you know what I'm trying to say? Every little detail of my day is built around intention or I'm not doing it. And I just feel better doing it that way. And in business, it's the same way. Like I use our cigar, our, our the, the, the pilot program for the cigar that we launched as a, as a good example. You know, my purpose was there. My intention was somewhat there, but it wasn't all of me. You know how I know that? Because I wasn't in the manufacturing facility being able to quality control the rollers, quality control the budget, quality control how they put in the aging, draw testing. I wasn't there. I was allowed to be, but I wasn't there. Then that will never happen again. doesn't matter if I manufacture this black label, it's a prototype, uh, in Italy. I'm going to be there, and I want to make sure it's done to my standards because that's my intention. So that's, I guess that's answers the question, I hope. Yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. And that's a hard thing to manage individually. And and you've brought Adrian on board. And so he's taken some of that load off of you. Adrian, let me ask you this. Being the new guy to to Peter James, uh, what, what what does Peter James mean to you right now? And what do you want it to look like in five years as the new guy? Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to a little bit of what you had said while uh, uh, making assumptions about the cigar industry being sm- a little bit smoke and mirrors. Um, before I answer your question, what did you mean by that? I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to make sure I'm right. So I, I want to make because I, I, I don't mean it to be disparaging, but it, it is yeah. a lot of smoke and mirrors where the marketing is done in a very specific way. And a lot of these, a lot of these companies um, put on a face Mm -hmm. for their consumer to see. And that's not really who they are. They're not true to themselves. And and not that that's a bad thing. That's just American fucking marketing at its finest capitalism at its finest, whatever you want, whichever way you want to say it. But it it, it is that. And I, through the conversation that I had with John last week, it was, it was really, I, I want people to see the true face of Peter James. I want them to know what I've gone through. I want them to know who Adrian is. I want them to know where we've been, where we're at, where we're going. And like a really, like not, not so much like pull the curtain back all the way, but like I'm going to open the curtain and let people kind of see what's going on and what we've kind of gone through to get to where we're at today. And that will hopefully inform them as to where we're going in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, you, you pretty much answer what I thought on the lines of your, your, your thought. Here's where we are today. I think people are, they know us, people in the industry, close to the industry, obviously know us in the U S and Canada. Um, I think, and for 
those who have bought in our products uh, have yet to hear any complaints. If anything, they become instant fans. Um, I, I'll give you a, one anecdote, just one example. When we were at the show at PCA, uh, some gentleman comes up. Peter James, yep. Good to meet you finally. I have a bunch of your cases. We sold a bunch of your shop. Never met you. What's this chair? Are you guys making it? Can you promise me that you guys are making it? Yes, we're handcrafting in Toronto. Ten-year warranty. I want ten. Never saw it. Never touched it. Saw it on a piece of paper at the at the booth. Ordered it. Ten for his shop. Like that just doesn't happen at Restoration Hardware. That doesn't happen at Cream Barrel. It doesn't happen at Walmart, right? Like people need to go touch it, try it on, sit there. No, you walked up to the booth, saw our name, instantly recognized us for quality. And that's where we are today. And I think um, I'll bring up the smoke and mirrors point for a second is that I'd agree with you. I would actually say that uh, what I was blown away by at PCA and at Inner Tobacco was the amount of money spent on beautiful branding. Um, it was like the booths were gorgeous. Uh, the display were gorgeous. And I definitely had an appreciation for the money spent there. The question I asked myself is why? And where I think we'll be in five years from now is we'll continue to build a much bigger portfolio of products for a broader set of use cases, pun intended. Um, and I think that um, the brand will continue to uh, just evolve to be much more akin to lifestyle and luxury on the leather side. Um, and in our cigar business, we'll, we'll, can, we will build, or it's zero to one right now, the same level of quality and premium experience that one to expect of, of um Peter James and our quality leather goods. I hope that in five years from now we're well known uh, across the world, but at least in the Americas, uh, as the same premium type of brand that we have, but in cigars. Um, that would be the goal within five years. Let, let, you you said why? Like you asked the question why? Like when 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 talking about all of these beautiful displays that they have, and they put all this money yeah. in marketing for for retailers, and you you're sitting there going, why? What was, did you come up with an answer? Um, it's what you said, right? Like it's what you said about the, the, you, your words, quote, smoke and mirrors, smoke right? And, and, and I think my, just, to, I was trying to be delicate with it, but for the other folks in the audience who's still listening, I would say that if you built a strong premium and quality, quality product, customers come back, yeah. uh, customers will buy your product at almost whatever price it's at given if you can deliver on the experience that they expect. And I don't think, you know, you, you can have, look, at the end of the day, you can have the best product in the world. And if you don't, if you're not able to sell it, it's a thud. So marketing is important. Advertising is important. You know, word of mouth is important. But that can get you so far, right? We're not in this volume business. We, we can go and compete if we wanted to with a lowering type of quality on cases. We could build every knickknack and have, you know, what you want and put Peter James in and, and essentially deplete the brand. We're not going to do that. We're by design, we're leaning into what made us who we are, which is quality. And I hope my expectation is that the consumer is smart enough to know that, Hey, you know what, if I want to spend $400 on this, or I can spend 600, 800, a thousand on this and know it's going to last me 10 years, 
And if anything goes wrong, I'm going to call Adrian and John. I, I'm going to guess that the person is going to spend $400 more, $500 more for the, you know, appreciated value of a case versus what they're going to have to replace for the cigar that they, they have an experience. Are they going to really, do we want to compete and build a $5 cigar? Yeah, we could, but that's not who we are. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not who we are. Like it doesn't go with our cases. Um, and so we'll build that type of best premium tobacco wrappers, everything fillers, you name it. Um, and we'll come to market with that and we'll listen to feedback and we'll iterate. But in the five years from now, that's my whole, my goal, my expectation is that they'll come to know us as a premium cigar brand, as well as a premium luxury lifestyle good. John, before I ask you the same question, where do you see Peter James in the next five years? I want to, I kind of want to circle back real quick because you've been in the industry longer than Adrian has. And Adrian has seen this, the smoke and mirrors, as I put it, not my words, not his. I want to make, I want to make sure that's clear. Those are my words, not his. Um, you've seen the smoke and mirrors that the cigar industry puts out, um, or puts up, I guess I should say, how, how does Peter James fit into that? Uh, and I guess a better way, I guess what I'm asking is how can you impact, how can you see that you can impact the industry in a positive way to maybe tear down some of those smoke and mirrors? Because I don't think, and, and this is just as a guy who loves cigars and loves the lifestyle and, and loves everything about this, this industry, I don't think you need, the industry needs those smoke and mirrors. I think for the most part, they do more harm than good. I think most yeah. of them are gimmicky and which is why I started this show is to give folks like yourself and Adrian, John, a platform for people to get to know you because I think stories sell cigars. I think people want to know who they're buying from and not like this fucking cookie cutter corporate smoke and mirror bullshit that, that a lot of folks seem to put out. They want like consumers want to know who they're buying from because they're when they, when they pick up a Peter James case, I mean, that's your baby. That was your vision, right? So they're they're getting a part of you when they smoke a Peter James cigar. It's the same thing. They're smoking a part of you, your vision, your idea, your, that spark of inspiration that came to you. How can, how how do you see Peter James impacting, you know, that kind of the the smoke and mirrors uh, of the industry? Great question. I think, before I get into that, I just, and this is kind of where I just say, that's, that's what I let Adrian worry about. And that's the beauty if he takes that off my shoulder. But I think the reality is, it's just as a part to who I am. I don't, I don't really care. I mean, I, I, I focus on what I can control and I can't control other people and what they do. Everybody's here to live their life and operate the way they want to operate. And that's great. I mean, I don't intrude on that. I'm not, here for that purpose. My purpose is to focus on my brand and Adrian's brand and the brand that people are going to come to love and respect. And you, you nailed it. When somebody picks up a Peter James cigar, it's going to be the same response as picking up a Peter James case made in Italy. Holy shit. Every single time, not just, you know, pick up one and then you pick up another one. The other one doesn't burn as well. No, no, no. Every single one because that's my promise. That's what I want. When I pick up a cigar, 
I have an hour in my day that I'm going to devote to myself. I want that cigar to be flawless. I don't have time to waste using a, a thingy to open up the airways of a cigar or to grab my torch. And this isn't a circus act, man. The cigar is part of my one hour experience of reflection and relaxation. And it's not there to hinder me. So I think that's where we're going to change things. Um, we're lucky enough to have found a partner on the cigar end who is as crazy and passionate about what we believe. And so together, that just makes for a dangerous recipe. And I think the value that I add to an already amazing brand, which many know, uh, and we'll obviously get there, not today, but is the reality is they love our ideas. They love the fact that we're trying to change things for the better. We're not disrupting, annihilating, causing havoc. We're intervening to say, hey, maybe there's a better way to do this. I think you are a disruptor. maybe look. I think you are a disruptor. At, yeah. yeah. And, but it, 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 in the most uh, flattering of, uh, of terms, right? So you are a disruptor in the industry because you don't. Because you're doing this and you're letting people behind the curtain and you're, you hold yourself to a higher standard. Uh, you know, you just said you spend three minutes brushing your teeth three times a day, John, three times a day. You brush your teeth for three minutes, three times a day. I do it two minutes, twice a day. Like you just take it, you, you take care of yourself and you expect high things of yourself. And that shows in your products and in your ingenuity and in your creative thinking and in your processes and then eventually in the final product. So you are a disruptor because you don't compromise. And because you don't no. compromise, I feel, and I might be way off base, but I feel like you have a greater impact on this industry than I think you think you do. I, I agree, actually, James. And I think like the... You know, just think about your question more, like the five years out. Like, so one of the things just you said to let behind the scenes, so I'm just going to be transparent. You know, one of the things John and I discussed at length when I first came on, and I was asking really naive, dumb questions, stuff that you guys would laugh at me at. Um, but, you know, it's like we're, we're talking about go to market. We're talking about where do you market? We're talking about how do you get to market, given all, you know, the limitations you can do that with social or online these days is next to impossible. And, and, and I've come from that world. And so he's educated me and there was like this robust conversation around, like we need to spend X on different channels, et cetera. And what, for, for me, when I think about being disruptive is like, I actually think we can build a significant value and product by doing the same thing we've done which is innovate, build out quality, focused on a great experience with specific customers, exclusive customers, certain shops, certain clientele around the world, um, and let it speak for itself. And we're humble enough to take the feedback and you know, if we mess something up, we'll fix it. Or if we you know design is off, we'll scrap it. Right. We'll make those hard calls with value customers, with people like yourselves, with, with you know, but but I think for us, like around, what, what's around the hardware question is essentially for me is like legacy. 
You know, for us, it's not about being perfect. It's about being, it is for John, but for us generally, I think it's about, you know, being genuine yeah, and being true to ourselves. And, you know, what we want to contribute is I want to deliver, and John does also, like a really good material possession experience that someone never questions the exchange that they got from it. When I started the opening and say, I really care about how much time I spend talking to people because I don't want to waste their time. That's genuine. Like, this is your time. This is your livelihood. I feel almost guilty taking this time away from you. That's literally how I think. And if I'm going to take your money, you better believe you better feel good about what you have. And if it doesn't pass that test, um, it's not going to be up for sale. It's not going to be provided by us. And I think that just by doing that little thing right, repetitively, consistently, there's a reason people come knocking on our doors, right? There's a reason people literally are begging to be our distributor or manufacturer. And we say no more than we say yes, because we can't stand behind their quality control. We can't stand behind, you know, the, the products they're using. We can't stand behind where it's sourced, all right? The craftsmanship, unless we can see it, feel it, touch it, we're not going to put our names on the line because we know what you expect. And I think, like, honestly, the whole smoke and mirrors point is it shouldn't have to be, right? If, if more brands did that and were completely transparent with almost, I would say, cost, you know, maybe not that far, but, like, as I far as the cost. Far. I would go that far. Yeah. You know what I mean? But even on the materials, it's like, yeah, you, you go out and try to build this yourself. You know, go build this yourself. Like, I'll give you one example. I'm a big car person. Porsche has built arguably the best sports car in the world for 60 years by doing one thing, building one car. Well, every year. And no one ever questions the price or the quality. It doesn't matter because they just do it well. And you talk to a Porsche driver and they'll, they'll tell you the experience they get, they forget about how much they're paying, right? Like that to me is what we should strive to be. And I think everything else takes care of itself marketing itself, you know, and I, I, I really believe in that. Um, so, I mean, that, that's why we're like, I'm almost religi religious on like almost to the perfection point, like building that value up front and slow rolling it out. We all, John, I really want to move fast because we're both putting a lot of our personal stake in this. Um, but at the same time, we're not, we know that, you know, cutting corners is sacrifice that and we're just not going to do that. Yeah, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your guys' time because I know, uh, you know, it's been it's been a minute here, uh, but it's been a great conversation. Uh, I, I, I guess one of the final questions I want to ask, and I'll ask Adrian first, and we'll go to you, John, and then we'll, we'll close this out. But I have always lived by the motto, um, and, and not very well, but uh, live by the motto, don't go into business with your friends. Like, don't do business with friends because it, it's... <laughs> It, it, it is a recipe for disaster. It will only spell trouble. Uh, yeah. Adrian, you're now in business with your friend. Uh, yeah. You guys can't always agree, can you? There's got to be some butting of heads. Uh, it's we I for me, I don't feel like it's butting heads because we're always I don't, I don't feel that way. I'm interested when John has to oh, say Jesus. Uh, you're just such the you're such a new fucking guy and you're Canadian. You're just trying to be nice. No, John, no. John, how many Look, times I, you button heads with Adrian? Come on, spill well, the beans. Well, man. Let, me, 
Let me tell you why. Like, so by the way, I live in America for like 16 years now, and people tell me here that I'm the meanest Canadian they know. So I'm probably more American than than you know. But but I'd say that it's not because we're never we're never we're never questioning the decisions. We're questioning the output. Like, is this going to deliver the better experience? And when you're when you're just talking about that, it's not really a, it's not really a debate, right? Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. no, I, I, no, I understand what you're saying. Absolutely. And, you know, mean Canadian, whatever. Look, the, the, the woman, the woman who, who scheduled this, like John, no, she's Canadian and she's literally okay. the meanest, meanest Canadian I've ever met. Oh, nice. Okay. I got to meet her. And let, me tell, let, me just, let me just clear the air here. Canadians are not nice. Nice. <laughs> Where yes, have you yeah. been living? They're not nice. In America. You're in Toronto. That's the problem. You're in Toronto. <laughs> okay, so 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 Adrian, he he the brain drain, as Adrian uh uh said earlier, like came down from Canada. He's lived in the US now. John, you're getting ready to come down here, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're you're if you're mean already, it's just gonna get worse because aren't you moving to Florida? Like it's gonna be like have you not read the headlines? Florida man does this. Like, come on, man. So seriously, when you get to Florida, are you like you're not going to buy a gun, are you? Because I feel bad for Adrian then, because I could just see you oh, two God. having an argument, and you're like, "I live in Florida, motherfucker." Yeah, I, I already have. I already have them here. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm uh, practically, I'm practically a, a Floridian. I'm just living in Canada for some reason. Florida, but yeah. Canada. All right. So look, have you guys butted heads, John? Like, give me, come on, spill the tea. Let's 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 hear it. I, I mean, you know. I, I, to Adrian's point, I don't think he's trying to dodge a bullet here. It's, you know, the reality is he has a set of skill sets. Uh, he has a, a set of skills. I have a set of skills. That's where I live. He lives in his. Once in a while, we bounce some things off each other. But like he said, it's always what's the better option for the output? It has nothing to do with ego. Yeah. You know, the only time I would butt his head is if we're talking creative design where, like, this is <laughs> – this is yeah. me, you know. Yeah, but that's where I you love, love, John. You live in that I love, space. But to his point, ask him how many times at night or on the weekend I'm taking screenshots of my laptop, like asking for his opinion, and I want to hear how he feels, how things make him feel. So I, like, yeah. I don't really ever feel like we've got to that. Again, we're still in the honeymoon phase. I'm sure at some point we'll want to, you know, close on each other at, at, for some reason. Well, but at the trade show, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask how many fights have you guys had just – on the trip here. Yeah, no, that's fair. We have not had one fight, to be honest. Well, that's a Straight good up. thing though, right? And yeah. Look. I mean, the other thing is we both we both have experience with startups or other founders. And I think we both learn, at least for myself, I I know I learned a lot about how to approach certain situations. Look, I've also worked with a lot of creatives. So I know when he's on his creative stick and I just stay off on my eye and saying anything right now. He's on a flow. I'm not saying anything. I'll wait till tomorrow and then yes. I'll say me. You want to tweak this and he'll tell me to fuck off but you i don't guys, think a person you guys I mean, sound like an like, old married couple he's like i yeah, can tell so like, that he's it, in his zone i just leave him alone i go in the other room and do yeah. my crafts watch my show yeah exactly right so and i've told him sure up like when there's some bad ideas my ideas when some investments come our way i'm like no way we're doing that like no zero zero chance we're ever doing that and does he ever like, look at okay. you and go wait 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 but 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 he never, he never yeah, does that. Yeah, and I'm like, no, it's <laughs> not happening. No, see, that's, that's it. That's why we have we have different goals. We have the same vision. We have different goals. So I just, the, the, I just want to make enough capital so that it could fund my crazy ideas. Yeah. 
I want it to feed my family, but I just want to fund the crazy ideas I have. Just to yeah. That's awesome. This guy's like this guy's like Iron Man building the next ten robots when he hasn't flown the the last five. That's the problem. And I'm like, dude, like we need to go fund the five. You're still on debt on that. So let's go work on that. So it's a, it's an easy conversation to have. When, you know, Tony starts going crazy. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like you guys are on a great trajectory. Um, you know, Peter James, uh, and I think I said this the last time you were on, John, Peter James is synonymous with with the words luxury, uh, elegance. Uh, it is it is the Porsche of uh, of cases in the cigar industry. Um, you, you make a great product. Your lighter is fire. No pun intended. Um, or maybe it was. I don't know. But it's a great lighter. I absolutely love it. Uh, and I'm hoping we see more of this kind of stuff from you. And I know you got things in the works. And I know you can't talk about them. But I really do hope that this is uh, a line of products that you uh, intend to expand upon. Because the design is so simple, yet elegant. And I like that you call it a brick because that's essentially what it bar. is. You know, bar. Uh, bar. Because it is a bar. It, it, it is like a, a small bar of, of chocolate lights every time. I've had zero issues with this lighter, and I've been using it for the better part of three months now, two, two or three months uh, when I got it from Oxford Cigar Company. And it, it's, it's absolutely fabulous, and your cases are second to none. Nobody out there does it like you do. I, I can't give you guys enough praise, and I'm super excited for you. Uh, to have Adrian on, it was great to meet him uh, at the trade show. And I talk about him like he's not sitting right here, Adrian. It was nice to meet you at the trade show. And, uh, <laughs> nice to meet you too. <laughs> and, and John, you know, John was super excited about having you there. And, you know, when we had this conversation last week, I was like, so are you the face or is he the face? Like, I don't know who the face is because you told me it was going to be him. But you're like, no, now I want to do this deep dive. I want to go into all this stuff. And I'm like, are you the face or is Adrian the face? And I'll be honest with you. I think both of you can do it. I think both of you should do it because I think both of you bring different things to the table and you both attack, uh, if I can use that word, uh, the industry and your business from different angles. And it, it intersects uh, in such a way that I think you're going to have a very big positive impact on the industry. Uh, and I can't wait to see the rebranding. Um like John, if there's anything you want the folks to know out there about Peter James, what you got going on, I know. Look, guys, if you haven't seen the new branding, go check it out. Um, you know, I'll put a link to their Instagram on, uh, on in the show notes and to their website. But John, like, what what do you want the people to know? It's a great question. You've given them this sneak peek, this this insight into who you are and who, okay. into who Adrian it. is. What what is it? What do you got? I got it. I got it. So I would say, for the past ten years, you've had the amuse bouche. We're only getting started. Appetizers and main course still to come to come uh i'm looking forward to it um adrian john thank you so much for your time tonight uh i i appreciate it i know we went a little long uh but i think our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this i think there's a lot here for people who want to get into small business who sit around in the lounges and puff on their cigars ah i could make a case ah 
I could make a cigar. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. <laughs> I don't think you could. Maybe you can. I don't know. You won't know until you try. Uh, That's right. Just look, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. Uh, <laughs> John, John, Adrian, thank you guys so much. Uh, I, I really do appreciate it. I hope you guys have a, a wonderful rest of your night. Um, for you guys out there, join us next week where uh, myself, Tim, and Nick will sit around and we will talk about Adrian and John behind their back on the next Clear the Air and we'll put it out there for everybody to listen to, including John and Adrian, and then they can call me and yell at me because we talked about them behind their back. John, Sweet. Adrian, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, James. Uh, until uh, until next time, uh, join us, like I said, CTA next week or the week after that. Um, we're going to have something pretty special for you guys, so just stay tuned. Until then, stay smoky, friends.